Welcome back to another episode of the New Era Nerds podcast. As you're seeing, this is our first video episode that we're doing, so we're excited to be here on video for you guys finally versus the just audio. And if you are uh, just listening on audio, make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, before we get started, go ahead and show your support. Follow the socials, New Era Nerds Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're doing an Instagram giveaway at 500 followers. And then the TikTok is uh, at new underscore era underscore nerds. So make sure to follow those. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Uh, all right, guys, the season one finale, episode six of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, make sure you watched it before you listen to this episode because it's heavy spoilers. We have a, a new a new player in the game today with us, Dan. Uh, welcome, Dan. He's a good friend of ours, Logan and mine. I'm actually in his apartment, his old apartment, uh, same room that he used to live in. So, Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, Logan told me that you lived It'd be, uh, in my old room, so I'm glad it's it's in good hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We discovered that a little bit at uh, Logan's wedding, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great time. It <laughs> was a good time. It was a good time. Thanks oh, yeah. for coming, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate no you problem. always. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Logan, why don't you kick us off with just a couple of your initial thoughts of the finale. We'll break down the episode. Uh, and then after that, we'll just go over uh, some major thoughts of the series, what we liked, what we disliked, and uh, some major key components of the series and where where these characters and stories are going from there. Right. Um, okay. So, well, here's here's where here's where I'm at with it. I loved how they got right into it. Pretty much, it was like, boom, we're in action, we're fighting, we're you know getting shit solved and that that's about where it dropped off for me um i'm gonna be honest uh you texted me tommy that you were pretty indifferent about it and i felt the same way after first you know hour or so after the episode i kind of just said you know yeah it was it was okay for what it's worth you know i let's move on and then it then i sat and i started reading and slowly people started making some really good points and I let the internet kind of form my opinion as I do so toxically. Um, but um, the fact that they got right into it, I guess is my biggest issue with the whole season finale in general. Um, but we'll get into that uh, when we talk um, here, the good, the bad, the ugly here in a little bit, but uh, overall um if I had to give it out of 10, I would say probably a, I'll give it a six. What, what okay. about, uh, what yeah. about you guys? What are we thinking? Yeah, Dan, go ahead. What, uh, just the finale for right now, that season, uh, season one, episode six, what are your uh, overarching thoughts? Um, I mean, overall, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well done. I think, um, you know, the main storylines with Bucky and um, Sam are wrapped up very well. I do think there are some things that were, I did feel it was a bit rushed. I kind of felt that way about the WandaVision finale too. Like it was good. Mm -hmm. It just felt about a bit rushed. Um, I know we're going into the good and bad and the ugly here. I kind of have one overall ugly with the show that kind of um, came on a little more at the end of the season finale. But um, overall, I'd probably give it about a seven and a half seven out of ten i thought it was good the main storylines wrapped up pretty well but it definitely had flaws. yeah for me uh, i'm pretty much on board with you guys um 
I know last episode we said that they have a lot of questions that they need to answer. Uh, I think they did answer pretty much all of them. Uh, there's still a couple, like obviously some things that we're going to going to see in the future moving forward. But I think they did a good job of answering things overall from a production standpoint. Uh, I think it was really good. I thought the visuals uh, of the fight scenes and things like that were really good um, from a pure action sense. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, but there's still some other things um, that I just really didn't enjoy too much. And we can get into those when we talk about the the specific scenes. Um but yeah, I guess my overall grade would probably be similar, like a 7.5 around that area. Uh, talking about specific things and specific scenes, Logan, you mentioned that we we open up into the action right away and we get to see the costume very, very quickly. Uh, Sam flying in the sky. We kind of get a little bit of setup with Carly. We see her. She notices Sam's flying around. Uh, Bucky's working on getting into the building and then uh, Sharon we find out that she's working with them on this mission as well as a little bit of backup. Um, so thoughts on the thoughts on the new Captain America Falcon costume. I know Logan, you had some pretty strong opinions on it. So go ahead. It came from the Wakandans, man. Um, that's what pisses me off so much about this. It came from the Wakandans, the uh, pretty much the sole proprietor of vibranium. And, you know, they've got the best technology in the world. I mean, look at, Look at how look at the Black Panther suit. You know, if they, I guess they probably didn't have as much stake in this game, um, but I, I love the design. Let's 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 we'll start there. The design looks great. Okay. I I love the design. It's it's awesome. However, yeah, I agree. Why the hell does it look like a poor fitting Halloween costume? Can we can can somebody <laughs> tell me that? It, it just in the, it does. In the, in the armpits, it just it looked like it really just looked like terrible costuming. And I think that's it's less on the writers of the show and the designers of the shoot the suit because the suit looks awesome. I thought I thought it was a really cool looking suit and very badass. However, my gripe, I guess, is gonna be with the costumers. Okay. Yeah, so the suit design itself is very uh comic accurate. I think it looks really cool. Uh, like you said, it does look really big on him when he's just standing around, like walking up, like in the towards the end when he was talking to the senators and stuff like that. Like it just looked like chunky on him a little bit. But I thought the same thing about his suit earlier in the series as well, like in the episode one and two. Same thing. I thought when he was walking around, like his suit still just looked really, really big on him for some reason. Uh, perhaps they'll they'll change it up for the, the next movie, which I guess Captain America 4 has been greenlit. Uh, so we don't know when we'll get that, but uh, we'll probably see some slight changes to the suit then just because uh, they tend to change suits and stuff like that for every movie. Uh, the thing that bugged me with it is like when he's not fighting, he's got to figure out a way to like get the headpiece off or something like get some of that like uh, nanotech or something like that in there where it just kind of fades back because what he looks a little goofy when he's just talking to people with those red eyes and Stuff yeah, like it is that. A, the, the eyes are a bit too red. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Even like the like, it's a it's a crisp, clean suit, but it you can almost say it's a bit too crisp with the, all the white on there. And when right. he's gonna be fighting people and killing people, I mean, think of how much blood he's just gonna get on that thing. You know what I mean? So like, I think overall, it's a cool. It is very comic accurate, which I I thought was really cool. But I, I do think it's just like maybe a bit too crisp, if that makes sense. Right. The man is a nemesis yeah, to dry cleaners. 
And did they yeah, expand the like, wings a lot? Like, I feel like his normal wings aren't as weren't as long as his new ones are. Unless mm-hmm. I'm just making that up, but they seem it seems like the new wings are a lot like longer in length. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Logan, you mentioned something about how. So I have two things on what you said about how it came from uh, Wakanda and the tech and stuff like that. Well, so my big thing, first of all, is like, it seems like Wakanda doesn't matter which Captain America it is, is just like the sole provider and just funding all these Captain Americas. They gave Steve his shield. Uh, they gave Sam his suit. So it's like, come on, like this man couldn't even get a loan for his boat from the United States. But Wakanda's willing to just give him this super crazy suit. I mean, come on, America. You got to step up and help your guy out a little bit. It's the usual. Uh, Wakanda's the backbone. Wakanda's the backbone of the freaking franchise. Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah, for sure. But uh, tech-wise, I thought we actually saw some pretty cool applications. I know a lot of people are drawing similarities to his new suit as really being a combo of, like, the Captain America and Iron Man. We see in the one scene when the car is falling off, he uses those, like, drone-type things, like, basically, like, smaller versions of Red Wing to help him thrust the car back up. And it's very similar to the scene in Spider-Man Homecoming when Iron Man uses those drones to help push the boat back together. I was thinking the same so, thing when I, when I first saw that. I was, thought the exact same thing. Well, and the yeah, wings are also, cool. the wings seem to be vibranium, right? Um, because of the scene so. when he kind of, you know, encapsulates the, uh, you know, the onlooking bystanders and saves them from, you know, all that and so it looks like at least the wings like you said so expanding on the tech aspect of it it looks like the wings you know are vibranium and you know the shield obviously is too so um right you know, i gotta assume the fibers have it woven in there somehow uh and obviously we'll probably see more applications in the movies and things like that they'll save the the bigger cooler things for the movies uh but i did love the scene on the bridge where he pretty much just made himself a little ball uh, that's a pretty cool defense maneuver there. So right. I like that a lot. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So moving on then, uh, Carly and them, they kind of kick off their plan going. We get a cool scene of uh, Bucky trying to talk her down, really just being like, hey, look, I've been in your position before. Uh, like, it's not worth it. Really just trying to talk her down, saying that he he fought for something bigger than himself twice and he failed twice. So like, you know, just don't go through this. You're going to remember everybody you killed. It's not worth it. Just trying to talk her down. Um, she's really not having any of it, though. At this point, she's full on. You know, we're not supposed to call her this, but terrorist. She she seems to be doing some terrorist antics here. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to call her that for now. The episode's not over yet. Uh, but we actually see something pretty cool where the rest of the flag smashers, she says, you know, one world, one people, and they, they don't really respond. They're, they're really starting to question her at this point. Uh, they seem very uncomfortable with the tactics that she's using and really how aggressive they've gotten. And I think that was reflected pretty well throughout the last like three episodes. You see them gradually getting more and more uncomfortable and untrustworthy in how she's taking an approach to uh, what she wants to accomplish. Right, right. Um, and yeah, like like you said, she says one world, one people, and they're very hesitant to respond. And, you know, you can tell a lot of these people didn't necessarily get into this movement to do the things that she's doing or the way she's doing them, at least. Um, you know, they all have that same kind of, you know, they want that. They've, they've got the same common goal, but at the same time, it's just it seems to be lost on them a little bit when she starts blowing shit up, you know? Yeah. 
Dave, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, my I know we're getting into it later, but my whole biggest gripe of the show was her, to be completely honest with you. So I'll save that for when we get into a little more broader overview of the series. Um, but yeah, it was my that was probably my biggest gripe is just with her overall char- character development. So I'll kind of dive into that when we get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So yeah, moving on, we just pretty much uh, get to see her plan acting out. Um, the people are getting evacuated from the building. Obviously, we find out that's what they wanted them to do. Uh, we get to see Batrock, the Leaper, and the Falcon fight. We get to see Bucky get in a pretty good fight with uh, some of the other Flag Smasher super soldiers. Uh, and also, then it leads on into the sequence of Falcon fighting the helicopter and Sharon taking out one of the bigger Flag Smashers. So uh, what do you guys think about I know that's a pretty big chunk of the episode, uh, right. but yeah, what were your, some of your thoughts on those sequences? Um, Dan, uh, I know that this isn't lost on you, but Batrock the Leaper is played by uh, UFC legend Georges St. Pierre. I thought Correct. he did fantastic. How do you think he did? I completely agree. I, with that first fight sequence and just him just doing the fucking roundhouse kicks and stuff, like that was that was so cool. Uh, I really enjoyed his character. He, I mean, he didn't really have as big of a um, story arc in right. uh, Winter Soldier, uh, but I enjoyed his his character in this when he talked in French. I don't know why. I just thought it was funny because it was just so like <laughs> aggressive. Like it just made me laugh. Um, the helicopter scene where Sam is flying around, I thought that whole cinematography was just really cool where he's, you know, flying through the water and grazing through that and everything. I thought that was cool. And Sharon Carter, man, she's, um, she's really out for blood. Like she didn't just, you know, roundhouse kick or snap that guy's neck. Like she melted his, his face. (laughs) I just, yeah, yeah, she ordered that dude. Yeah, so I'm um <laughs> I'm really interested to see where that where her character goes, and obviously we'll talk about that later. But yeah, those those sequences are awesome. Right, and uh, we mm-hmm. also kind of just you know like like we're doing, just moving right along here. Um, we got to see kind of the completion of the John Walker arc, um, and you know what he turns out to be, and he ends up turning, he turns out to be good. Um, and you know obviously we all know the end of the episode. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um. We so you know mm-hmm. it was we get to see his complete arc um, into what is next for him. Um, Tommy, what do you think? What where do you stand on his arc? Yeah, so I was confused a little bit. Like I think they made that jump pretty quickly. Uh, it seemed like he came to his senses or had like a moral cleansing really really quickly and also it happened in the heat of battle which throughout this series we've seen that when he gets into the heat of battle this is a icy red kind of guy he doesn't have that ability to pull back and be like hey what am i doing here uh let me think about this really quick before i actually do it he's just been go 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 kill 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 uh so then to finally be in the position he's at to have an opportunity to take down who he's been trying to this entire time he's in the heat of battle he has all this anger and aggression and like he's finally letting it out and then just out of nowhere he's like ah you know what maybe i'll just let her go for later i'll get her (laughs) we'll get him later champ are you kidding me like that's it just seemed like that part was way too rushed uh they could have maybe even done it like later on in the episode or something where like 
I don't know, maybe, maybe he goes after Carly fails, gets hurt or something and he can't finish this fight and like him getting hurt. Maybe that process of him, like getting taken out of the fight is how he kind of gets that, uh, that step back moment where he's like, okay, what, what am I doing here? Um, that just, yeah, that whole thing just felt pretty, pretty rushed to me. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really like that, uh, how fast that, that character arc changed. I understand it from a storytelling point right. and from a sonic point of where they wanted to get him to be. Right. Um, I think if they wanted him to be that in this episode, they, I just feel like they maybe should have started planting the seeds a little bit better of, hey, don't, like he's going to change or he, there's still hope in him. Because uh, from episode five, the one before this, uh, and the ending of four, they pretty much left all of that out the window. It was like, nope, this guy, he, he's he's a loose cannon. He's done. Right. And then at the end of episode five, you know, the, the post credit scene is him, you know, constructing his crappy new shield. And then, you know, you kind of think that, you know, oh, this guy's just going to be out for blood in this next episode, which I, I did like his overall story arc. Like, I liked him a lot better mm-hmm. at the end of the series versus the beginning of the series. But I completely think you're right in the sense that, that transition was a bit rushed in this right. latest episode. Well, and we were an anti-John Walker podcast here, um, you sure. know, just two short weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and we were vehemently against him. Um, am I still against him? No, not necessarily. I, I you know, I, I think. Yeah, I'm not, a, his... I'm not at all anymore. I was super against him, but I, I really did enjoy his overall, you know, his overall arc but I right think it was yeah yeah definitely arc. well in the making of the shield kind of just went to shit immediately though too didn't it i mean it's just like <laughs> yeah, he made yeah. it yeah, but like what did you expect he no made it's made out of steel we were all waiting <laughs> yeah. for that to happen we were like i can't wait <laughs> one of these super soldiers punched the shield and just folded in half well, I, and you know what i thought it was going to be against i did i you know part of me thought it was going to be against bucky or sam and they were he was going to try to you know go up against one of them and that's how this change of heart mm-hmm. was going to happen that's how I thought that was going to happen. Was he was right. going to get the like shit recreate, kicked out of him? And like recently, at the end game scene when Steve hits Steve's shield, they both the two Captain Americas hit the shield. <laughs> yeah. Recreate that with like him and Sam, and his it just, just gets goes placed. right to top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Body. That'd be amazing. Well, and you know, I get, I get why, like you said, from a storytelling standpoint, why they had to kind of rush his arc along because they did have, mm-hmm. they did have that plan for him. For him to be, you know, at the end, you know, the very end, um, you know, where he is introduced as, you know, what we, what you guys know him in in the comics as is U.S. agent. So um, you guys are more of the comic book people. So I'll let you guys talk about U.S. agent. So I'm out of this one. I'll just add, you know, satire comments. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dan, want to start us off? Yeah. So I know that, I mean, it's. He is just like in more of an anti-hero than right. anything, um, you know, doing bad stuff for the for the right reasons. So right. Um, I'm definitely excited to see where this character goes going forward. Uh, I do just like Wyatt Russell a lot. I think he played this role just super, super well. Absolutely. Um, so it seems like the Thunderbolts are being set up. I know obviously that's not confirmed, but it's got to be some sort of Thunderbolts or dark avengers thing coming up in the yep. horizon so um i'm definitely excited and excited for him to be a big part of that because I, I do really enjoy the transition of his character and new suit looks freaking sweet uh-huh uh, yeah it, 
and here's here's what I will say is 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 to your point of the Thundercats, I do know a little bit about that. So we've seen the raft, and and as and you guys know that that's where the Thundercats starts. So Thunderbolts, Tommy, yeah, yeah, Thunderbolts. Sorry, not the Thundercats. LOL. All <laughs> right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So we know Zemo's on the raft. Um, I mean, like Dan. I mean, Dan said pretty much everything I wanted to say. Uh, his costume super comic accurate, and it looks really cool. Uh, I mean, just even it being that all black costume implies like, you know, this is a darker character. This isn't a superhero. He's going to be doing some shady stuff. And that's what Val said. You know, she's like, things are going to get weird. We don't need Cap on this. We need you, the U.S. agent, uh, doing really just what needs to be done for for me, for my my plans and just helping me move stuff along. Uh, Yeah. So the raft Zemo's there and it's supervised by Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, both of those guys lead the Thunderbolts at one point in the comics. Uh, U.S. Agent at one point leads the Dark Avengers in the comics. Uh, so all these characters are here. They're around. Uh, we're definitely, obviously, we got a ton of Zemo here. Uh, U.S. Agent is just getting introduced. Um, I think that they got a lot of, the Zemo stock went way up with this show. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. So I think he'll definitely have some sort of role in the next Captain America movie, something like that. Uh, they didn't bring Thunderbolt Ross into this at all. Uh, we didn't see him, but his name was in the post credits a lot uh, for like quotes and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, like just in the comics and then even in the Hulk movie, we know that he's like obsessed with the whole super soldier having like an elite group that he can control himself. Uh, obviously he couldn't do it with the first Avengers cause they were privately owned by Tony, uh, and everything like that. So I agree. I think we're setting up either Thunderbolts or the dark Avengers. Uh, either one would be really cool. Uh, one of my like spicier takes here, uh, is that, so in the comics, one of the comic lines, uh, Norman Osborn actually, uh, runs one of the versions of the dark Avengers. So he's kind of there. Uh, he funds them and things like that. Uh, and in the Sharon Carter scene where she gassed up the uh, the guy and uh, stuff like that, the grenade, the gas grenade she used looked very, very similar to the uh, the bombs that we see uh, the Green Goblin use in the Spider-Man yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, maybe just a little thing there. I'm not, you know, it's pretty tough to make those connections because Sony's pretty, pretty strict is- on it. But we also see that she supplied them with the the clamps that were on the back of the truck uh, that held the hostages, and it was a circle with eight smaller fingers that went out and hooked onto it. Uh, and then obviously her post-credit scene—we don't necessarily know who she's calling, uh, but maybe maybe it's Oscorp or something like that. And that this is our this is our Easter egg seed planting for for getting that into the MCU. She also said there's something for everybody, implying that there's multiple people or sections. So that could be something nodding at the Sinister Six, maybe. I don't know. But that's kind of my uh I love my that take. I said also the vapor like... that came out of the grenade but uh in the car it, on the thing she attached to him that was like a green smoke too so you know I thought there was a lot of similarities to stuff that we've seen in that Spider-Man universe type thing uh and it might sure. be possibly matching up with some of the comic stuff that we might see down the road uh so that's kind of just my my hot take on that yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. So we think, so we think that the eight pronged little clamping device. Do we think that's got something to do with Doc Ock? Uh, it could. I mean, we already know that uh, the guy who played him, uh, his name's escaping my mind, but in uh, Spider-Man, uh, no, no, hold on, I got it pulled up. Hold on, 
It is Alfred Molina. Right. Correct. Yeah, we already know that he's confirmed to be in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So, you know, we don't know for sure if they're doing a multiverse, but things it's... seem to be looking like they're going to be doing a multiverse. And they're not shy uh, from that. Really cool. They're not shy from the multiverse kind of thing. Uh, oh, obviously, no. as we know, in the uh, animated Spider-Man, um, that was kind of the whole multi that was a whole multiverse movie so right and in, doc, in, doc, in the first doctor strange like the multiverse is talked about like very very mm-hmm. heavily right so, and obviously yeah it's one of those things that they've been be. planting seeds with for years and i think spider-man uh into the multiverse was just such a huge hit animated that they're kind of saying how can we not do it live action sure. uh and with that i think that i don't know if the villains in that will be the sinister sticks, but you know, we have Doc Ock confirmed in it. Jamie Foxx is confirmed in it playing Electro again. Uh, we know we, we don't know, but we have a feeling that maybe Mysterio might still be alive somehow uh, just from his like illusion type tricks. So when she said, you know, there's something for everybody, it could have meant like everybody on your team. Right. Uh, so yeah, I just think that's a, that's a fun Easter egg possibility that we could be seeing actually pretty soon since that movie comes out uh, in December. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I All right. Well, well, do you guys want to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly? Sure. Okay. Tommy, let's, let's start us off. What's your good? All right. So my good is that this show did what I think a lot of these shows are going to do very well and it's going to take those b and c list heroes and characters that we know about uh but we don't know enough about take them make us get invested in them make us get interested in them uh i mean wandavision you know going into vision was pretty much like kind of just like a nerdy hero that we just didn't really know much about i mean he wears sweater vests uh like i don't know what's up with that uh but coming out of that we're like oh vision vision's the man vision's the man so right that's really cool. And now Scarlet Witch, Wanda, just this huge character that we're going to get going forward. Uh, but these shows, even though we know these characters, they're pretty much acting like origin stories. And I think that's really cool because we've known these characters for like five, six, seven years now in some cases. But we're finally like just getting to their really fully evolved states. And I think that's really important because we aren't going to have Tony Stark anymore. We're not going to have Steve Rogers. So it's important to somehow find a way to build those up. And I think the show did that really well for Falcon, who's now Captain America, uh, Bucky, who I think will see in the future. I hope that somehow in like the Wakanda show or maybe the next Captain American movie, we see him transfer into the White Wolf instead of the Winter Soldier. I think that would be really cool. Uh, so I think they did that really well. Uh, one of the bad things, or I guess like ugly, you know, this this show didn't really universe expand for me as well as much as I would have liked it to. Uh, I think WandaVision did a lot better job on that bringing, you know, we had hints of magic and stuff like that in the MCU. You know, we had Thor's mom and stuff like that, but uh, that really just brought a whole new ball game to the MCU. Uh, And especially the villain being someone that really a lot of people had no idea who it was. Agatha Harkness, that's a pretty deep comic character and they brought her in and executed it. This one, I don't really think they did a great job with like coming up with a new cool villain that uh, we can see moving forward. I know we have the power broker in Sharon, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know if she is the power broker personally. She never really confirmed it herself. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they did as good of a job 
creating our our next overarching villain or mastermind type thing. And again, like going down the road in four or five years when we maybe do get a Thunderbolts type thing, that's going to make this project, this show way cooler. Uh, But that's also what Marvel does. You know, it happened with some of the other movies, you know, they weren't so cool when they came out, but then, you know, you watch Infinity War and now you can go back and watch it. And it's like, oh shit, like that just set everything up. Right. So things this like 30 second scene just set up an hour long of a movie, <laughs> you know, a year yeah. and a half later. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it could just be uh, an issue of, you know, obviously we're not seeing everything that this is setting up right now. We don't really know and we won't know for a few years. So we'll just have to see down the road how how it pans out. Um, but, yeah, I think also one of the good things, obviously, uh, social issues. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of how they handled that and brought that up and tackled it throughout the show. Um, so, I mean, that was really good. Uh, but yeah. So overall, like, I think, I think this is probably just like a solid B or B minus show for me. Um, the action was amazing. The production and shots and imagery were amazing. Uh, but storytelling, it, it just felt pretty average to me. Okay, well, I will get into mine then. Um, uh, so, here's my good. Like you said, the complexity, the complex setup for the next chapter. Um, we said, like you said, we didn't just set up two characters like we did in Wandavision. We set up, we you know, we've got Bucky, we've got you know Sam, we've got Zemo, we've got Sharon Carter, we've got U.S. Agent, we've got Val. So we have a complex a massive you know catalog of characters that we're now getting into diving into that we never necessarily dove into before um so you already touched on most of that so i'll just go ahead and move on to my bad um my bad already kind of discussed it uh was the suit um it just it over promised and under delivered which really sucked um it just you know, I thought they could make the suit look so good in Black Panther. Why didn't they make it look this good? Why why wasn't more nanotechnology incorporated into this? Because um, he, here we are. You know, we've got this huge cliffhanger at the end of at the end of the fourth or fifth episode, and we're like, this is going to be the coolest fucking suit in the franchise. And we're getting we're in a really badass suit and it's going to have all the bells and whistles that uh, T'Challa's did. And, you know, and then it's like he puts it on, you know, he flies in in the first scene and I, my jaw about hit the floor. I, I mean, it, it, that was one of the laziest costuming I've ever seen. So Marvel Disney, (laughs) if you're listening to me, that was lazy. Um, However, but you know, here's the, here's the silver lining. Like we were saying is the tech and the tech was awesome. Is the shield way the vibranium wings, you know, the magnetic how it kind of the shield kind of has a magnetic function to it to the to the wing. Thought that was awesome. Sorry, wrong hand. Um, so I, I thought that was I thought that was awesome how it kind of you know it, it jumped up in tech definitely the cap suit definitely jumped up in tech. Now and like you said, Steve Rogers' suit wasn't always you know the coolest looking. I mean it, it was like a badass suit, but it was leather or some sort of like leather product looked like leather uh, and it just it wasn't super fancy so maybe that's maybe that's what they're going for and i i i i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt all right so the ugly it just felt 
rushed. The John Walker arc in spe- specifically was my ugly. They made him bad for how many episodes? Five episodes, basically. They they made him bad for five episodes. Then now all of a sudden, like you said, he just has this change of heart in the heat of battle. And, you know, we're, we've got, you know, we've got the anti-hero or even possibly the villain the entire series and now he's i am i am good now and i don't hold grudges against carly for killing my best friend and you know all of a sudden you know it's just like come on now um i feel like know, something to kind of keep in mind with that though because i did feel a bit of the same way even with wander wandavision but right. like the, the pandemic did screw a lot of this up true because what I'm right. seeing too right. is like this show was even supposed to be more about like a pandemic and getting a virus and then probably right. And so, and so that. a lot of people, a right. lot of people online said something to that tune of there was a pandemic plot line that was rumored that possibly that, well, that was obviously removed. If it's, if it's true, it was removed. So, um, they, I think it's almost, of, I think it's confirmed that there was like a very virus outbreak okay. centered storyline uh like they just kind of had to keep the footage of them stealing the uh vaccines uh the one lady mama madani or something whoever that was the actress they casted for that is like a very well-known actress i forget her name but uh like a very high level actress to just have someone laying there dead in a bed no lines or anything uh so i think they had like a very like much more virus focused storyline for her specifically uh but yeah i think just with everything uh so going on they decided to scrap that that's where a lot of these plot holes came from or not plot, right not necessarily right. plot holes character holes we'll call them so that's probably yeah there's definitely a lot of editing that they had to work in there to fix right. the story that's movie magic because knowing that fact now it makes it a little bit more impressive because they they excluded an entire plot line storyline from a from a show and they uh now however it could have ended up making it more rushed trying to fit more things into it you know, so, you know, we don't know. But however, um, and I guess in in this whole feeling rushed thing, we get like a five minute monologue from Sam. And I'm not going to I don't I, the politics I agree with of 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 the let's just I'll just get that out there. I agree with everything he said. Don't get me wrong there. But did did that need to take that much time in that episode? So here we could have gotten two and a half, three more minutes of, you know, of more character development of, or of why, you know, John Walker decided that he was going to be good. You know, it could have been a two minute, one minute thing at the beginning of the episode of him talking to his wife or something. You know, I, I, I need to do right by America. I've always believed in these morals my whole life. That's truly why I believe why he did what he did was because he believes in America and he, you know, that's what he's always, you know, lived, eat, slept, breathed was america so he's going to end up doing what's best for america but i mean it just it took it flattened the episode because here we are bam 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 action 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 the action's over we're like okay great and then you know we get this just flat line almost monotone monologue of why america sucks but he's going to represent it and you know and i agree with all that i do but it did not need to take that long yeah, the thing with that was, like, obviously the message was very important and everything like that. Uh, like, that's not the issue of the scene. The right. issue with the, with the scene was how long it took because it felt like 
he said the same thing three times over. Right. So um, that just made it really long and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that that almost did feel like like I remember, like the first time I watched, it, I was sitting there as like, oh, it's it's like still going on. All right. I got and on my phone. I got on my phone, answered a text message, looked back up, and I said, this guy's still, still going. Talking. <laughs> yeah. and, and it seems like that's what a lot of the internet kind of feels the same way, that that, that speech was just so long. Right. Like, it felt yeah. like it was literally like a like a comic book panel, and he was just reading it, like, scene for scene, block for block from a comic book. But, like, in a TV show, like, it doesn't really translate that well. It doesn't read and that it's, well. It just right. too long. Right. And then, okay. So, and then the last thing I guess I have. To be, fair, uh, though, to be fair, though, it is his first time being Captain America. So, Steve had the speech thing nailed down. It's something right. Sam needs to work on, and I, he'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and then I guess the final port point of this being um, this being rushed was, you know, they kind of just brushed the fact that Sharon Carter's more than likely the power broker they just kind of brushed it off it was just kind of like yeah duh she's the power broker didn't you watch any of the other episodes it's like well yeah we could have guessed and that was probably the best guess we had but you know really you know what what they didn't give us you know much more of a mystery to go on it was just you know hey she might be okay she is so you know, I thought they could have definitely done a lot more with that. Um, and, you know, so now we're, it just kind of left me going, what, where, how, how does this all add up? You know, where, where were the steps that added this up other than that one scene in episode three, I want to say it is when they're in Madripoor and she's got all these connections and she seems to save their asses, you know, so, and she knows where to find information, you know, that's about it. That's all we have to go on. That could be anybody. So that pretty much wraps up what I've got with the good, the bad, the ugly. But other than that, a okay with me. Yeah. Dan, you're good, bad, and ugly. Cool. Um, so my good, um, the overall story arc of, you know, Sam and Bucky, I uh, really felt good for Bucky that he was able to finally cleanse all the demons that he's had over the years. Um, you know, at the end of the finale, making, Peace with the uh, the old guy where he killed his son. Um, so it seems like he'll. I really do hope he becomes the um, the White Wolf. I think that would be awesome. But it was cool to see kind of his story, his Winter Soldier story, be fully you know wrapped up. Um, I do like how there is they did leave the door open for a lot of other stuff like Torres getting the Falcon wings. Like that's. I would assume that's probably going to happen in the next Captain America or whatever project they do next. He'll become the new Falcon. I don't think this will be the last time we see Madripoor, uh, just given that it's it's X-Men, Wolverine roots. Um, right. I think it was a really cool city, um, so I don't think that'll be the end of that. Um, having the Wakandans in it, I did not see that coming at all. So it wasn't too much, but it was just enough to, I think, right. really just – be cool to have that in there um so overall i mean i I don't have too many complaints about it uh the bad i really really just did not like carly's character she was impossible to root for uh her even her death was just like really like that was it she just she gets shot by sharon who's already wounded (laughs) like i just i really did not like that i just didn't care for her character at all i mean i guess she played a good villain but like i just there's villains where like you really like and hers just just didn't do it for me well 
and going off what you're saying, that scene where Carly gets shot, you're sitting there going, Sharon's going to shoot her. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like it's yeah. like it's like she's yeah, standing there. Sam's not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, someone's <laughs> pulling the trigger, and it's gonna be right. Sharon. So it's like, yeah, good. Continue. Sorry. I yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. So that um, the whole Sharon is the power broker thing. I really don't think that she is the power broker. Just with Zemo said he knew who the power broker was. Um, that whole sequence whenever they killed um, or whenever Zemo killed that Nagel guy like it doesn't really line up with her saving them and all that stuff so I I don't think that she is going to end up being the power broker uh, that's just kind of like my my spicy take if okay. you will yeah, yeah I agree I agree and just even her, her whole character arc is just kind of like meh like I didn't really like I didn't hate it I didn't love it it was just kind of like a meh Right, she's the daughter of Peggy Carter and yeah. possible, you know, what is it, niece of Steve Rogers? No, she's Peggy oh, Carter's yeah. niece because her and right. Kat that's what it is in Civil War. So if they were niece and nephew, that would have been pretty uh have been pretty weird if they're smacking face. <laughs> um and then the ugly Walker Shield. Like that thing just sucked. Like <laughs> That, that was honestly like it was a waste of a post credit scene. Right. Yeah, it really was because it's like, all right, he puts this together with all his war medals and then he uses it for like five minutes and then just. Right. Like, like that post credit scene, if they are doing a Thunderbolts thing, they could have just given us a little more service. Right. Like, even if it's just like Thunderbolt Ross, like picking up a phone and answering it, like something like that would have been so much cooler. Like, that would have right. went so further. Uh, to add to the story and just like make it that much more interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was after this, it, it, it like that was a garbage post credit scene. There was no point. Yeah. At least like give us a tease of who's on the other end. But I was listening to a theory that like there may be a bigger power broker at large that like in the comics, I know the one power broker's name is Curtis Jackson. Um, so I was one of the theories is that that just hasn't been cast yet. So we may get an actual power broker named Curtis Jackson, or I think there's another one, I forget his name, but that just may not have been cast yet. So I, I hope that's the case. I hope it just wasn't Thunderbolt Ross or something, because if it was, you could have just been like, all right, just put him on the phone. We all know he's an established character. Um, right. So I hope that's kind of like a, a working theory. Well, but overall, I give it a, um, about a B, B plus. I, I really, I really did enjoy it. Well, and to go off, uh, to go off, kind of what you said about Madripoor and you know Wolverine. There's a reason. There has to be a reason they went to uh, Wolverine's part owner. He's the part owner of the Princess Bar. I, I'm right. Sure that's what it costs. Well, so, they couldn't. The director even came out and said like, but they couldn't use that city before Disney acquired the X Men rights because that was connected to the X Men. And she said that there's a reason that like now we can use this. So I don't think right. that'll be the last we see of Madripoor at all. So we get the right now. Right. Did so. you? I don't know if you guys saw, but there was actually a website that uh, Marvel made called like exploremagipore.com. And it just kind of told you a little bit about it. It told you a little bit about the bar that they were in. I did and there's a that. huge leak. There's a huge leak, like one of the developers or someone. And I think they probably did this on purpose, but the developer like put in a thing where you could go to the shipping crate place where Nagel was and where that big fight scene was. And you could click on some of the crates and it would show you like what's in them. 
and it was a bunch of different X-Men and one of them was Mystique. Right. I and did so see that. Basically it's just Marvel being like, oh, hey, like Mystique is in Magipore. Basically like a secret yeah. weapons program. Uh, but they took it down like within an hour uh, and said like, whoa, no, 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 that wasn't that wasn't real. So I think that like just little stuff like that, like they could have figured out a way like if that is like something Marvel wants to do. Uh, I think they intentionally put it out there because like there's no way whoever's working on that site just accidentally posts most mystique on the website, like a major X-Men character. Right. <laughs> uh, they could have found ways to like, just work it into the background of the show. Like people would catch if you had like a plate on the shipping crates that said like some sort of code, people would figure it out. Like what's in there. Right. So do you maybe think that maybe that, that more, more leans into the, the fact that it was an actual accident? You know, rather than... No, I think, I think Marvel, like... Oh, you Like, think... they didn't want to go overboard. Like, they didn't want to right. put, like, a huge X-Men in the show. Uh, so they just say, like... Just, like, a little a little breadcrumb. Like, hey, they're coming. They're coming. But, like, <laughs> not yet. And again, right. I don't think these shows are going to be used to introduce those major characters. They're not right. going to introduce one of the most popular X-Men in a show. They're going to save it for a movie. You're right. right. Absolutely. Or its own, you know, like series, whatever. Yeah, but that would just defeat the whole purpose of the show because you want to be talking about Sam and Bucky, you'd be talking about Mystique, exactly, or Cyclops, or some other X Men. Right. Right. About. I think it's honestly, as fans, it's almost on us to to hold back those expectations. Like, there might be something like very, very small in the background, sure, but we're not gonna get introduced to Wolverine in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show. Right. That's one of the most popular superheroes of all time. They're not just going to be like, there he is. <laughs> There's he is. Wolverine. I, they know He's their market. Captain America now in this TV show. Right. Like, come um, okay, so biggest questions. What are your guys' biggest questions? Uh, I mean, the power broker is still, I'm not convinced that Sharon at all. I still think she's working for somebody at large. Um, you guys have something go ahead I gotta really think about that yeah uh, I got to to pretty much building off of that one is who who was she on the phone with I think that's just right. a major obvious question uh, who was she telling that she has can buy all these things for um, so I think that's a big question who's she talking to uh, my other question is you know maybe maybe we do this as a side episode but other than Bucky, what other Avengers are getting invited to the Wilson family cookout? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a damn good, good question. Yeah, that is that's a, good a question. damn good question. Not many of them. I'm going to say yeah, that now. Def <laughs> definitely not Ant-Man. Definitely nobody that was on uh, Iron Man's team in Civil War. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Bradley will get it. Get the copy invite. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess my biggest questions are just two questions of motive. Um, one, what is Sharon's motive? Uh, what's her, who's, maybe she has allegiance to nobody. What is her allegiance if, if she has any? That's pretty much. And then Val, what's, what the hell are her intentions? What, what is, what are her motives? What does she want? Why is she so invested in making John Walker the u.s asian what, what well i is... think we may have had a bit more guidance to that because she's supposedly supposed to be in black widow and again kind of circling right the whole she's, COVID she's thing cast that... for black widow 
Right, that that was supposed to have come out before the show, you know, in right. a normal pre-COVID world. So I think once that yeah. comes out, and Thunderbolt Ross is in that one too. So right, and then you have the Taskmaster, who's the villain in that, and then they're saying that mm-hmm. the other um, Black Widow, like her sister, may become bad. So yeah, I think you want to have more guidance whenever we see that movie. But we were supposed right. to already have that before this came out. It was just kind of hype. right. Right. Yeah. So who knows? They might use that movie as like a big setup, like and just straight up introduce the Thunderbolts or something like that. And if she's in that movie, then this just would have been a a cool, awesome, like not like Like oh cool, they're adding U.S. agent to the team. Right. Uh, Because I know in the comics, uh, Taskmaster and uh, Natasha Romanoff's sister Yelena, they they've in the comics they've both been on versions of the Thunderbolts. So right. Right. And you still have those Black Widow. Like yeah, love me her. too. Good Can't wait for the movie to come out. Good um, looking. I've also seen like you still have Justin Hammer out there from Iron Man Two. Uh, Abomination is yep. going to be coming back in the She-Hulk series. So yep, and I do have these like minor, not minor, but like mid-major villains that are still out there. That it seems like it's going to be be setting that up. Okay, yep. so yep, speak, speaking of setup, based on now two Phase Four in completion. Which do we think has the bigger impact for the future of the MCU? I think this is kind of an obvious one, but if you have a hot take, say it. I, I mean, it's one. Yeah, it's got to be WandaVision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean okay. just so blatantly, like, setting up, uh, well, obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We know she's going to be in it and be a major part of that. Uh, and just, like, just being connected to that itself, we know that that show helped introduce like some just major of her like magic abilities and what she can do, creating things. Uh, definitely some multiverse connections there. Um, I think, and that one is just going to take us on a much more, you know, magical, sorcery, outer yeah, space type adventures, more, which Tensu is obviously moving more towards. Right. Right. And then you're still going to have, I mean, like WandaVision, you know, they set up her kids. Um, This show had Isaiah Bradley's uh, grandson. You're going to have Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. You're having Miss Marvel. So I think Young Avengers are also definitely going to be coming as well. And you're kind of these smaller characters introduced, but then you're going to have, you know, like Kate Bishop and Miss Marvel and have their own shows. That's obviously they're a bit bigger of characters in the comics and everything. But I think that's definitely going to be coming down the road as well. WandaVision did a better job of the sneaky setup, obviously, because with with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I agree with you guys. I, but with Falcon and Winter Soldier, we got uh, it was in your face which characters are going to be in the future. Right. However, with WandaVision, it was a little bit more sneaky in doing so. It, you know, it showed her kids and you know them getting their superpowers and kind of their origin stories, if you will. Um, so, you know, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think, I think WandaVision is definitely, it's, it's not an, I think, and I, I'm excited for, uh, Wanda's impact to Dr. Strange, who is my favorite Avenger, just watched the movie the other day. Um, you know, who, who happens to be my favorite, uh, Avenger. And I think I'm, I'm just excited to see where that path goes and what, what happens down that, down that road. Absolutely. But Loki may kick both of those two to the curb. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I've, said on the show, I've said on here that uh, that's the that's the show that I'm most excited for right oh, now. For right, absolutely. Uh, that's a timeline 
mind fuck waiting to happen and i'm so ready for it i am as well so i think yeah if we have this conversation in a couple months and Lozi's over that it's probably just gonna be like all right like this to the two shows didn't even sniff Loki's jock strap. You know what I mean? The it's just gonna, just these, these episodes are just going to be a straight, just Loki dick sucking. And it's, I, <laughs> I love it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm I know. I'm it. so happy that, you know, we're just, we're going to continue to see that character just because in every project he's been in, it's just been incredible. So I'm just, I cannot wait for that show. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that is all I've got. Does anybody have any closing statements or anything that they'd like to add to wrap us up? Um, not really. I think, you know, at least for me, all the, all the major points that I wanted to make and talk about, we did, uh, we talked about some fun theories, some future stuff moving forward and how, how this helped set that up and, and where we could be going. Uh, yeah, overall, you know, it, it, the show did its job. Um, obviously, I think there's things they could have improved upon. They had some, obviously, some major hurdles to go over with the the storylines not matching up appropriately with the real world situations going on. Uh, so they da- had to dance around that. Um, but yeah, the, sh- the show served its purpose. Uh, I mean, I know I've talked about how Bucky's one of one of my favorite characters. So I'm glad to see at least in the final episode, it looked like he actually knew how to fight again. So that was good. I like that. So, yeah, overall, I mean, you know, it served its purpose. Dan, go ahead. What you got? Yeah, I mean, you both pretty much said it. Like, it was it was a really good show. It had its flaws. Um, just, just happy to have MCU content back. Uh, right. I don't I'm not going to grill it. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> gloat it. But I, I just thought it was a very solid, solid show. Right, right. I'm with you guys. Um, anything I had to say? Any of my gripes, I guess I got them out, um, you know, but again, overall, uh, for the six episodes that they had to work with, I thought that they did a, a, a very swell job. And um, I am excited to see us see where we are here in six months from now, um, knowing what we'll know then um, and kind of just laughing at, you know, what we don't know now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the Black Widow movie comes out, we're probably going to sound like idiots. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That gives us more shit to talk about, you know? Exactly. I mean, we have four movies coming out, two shows by the end, or three more shows by the end of the year. So, I mean, the whole, we're going to have a completely different setup here by by the end of December. Stock's high in having a mostly Marvel-dominated podcast, I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, I will go ahead and close this out. Um, Go ahead and like, follow, and subscribe to our newest YouTube video, our first YouTube video. Dan, I don't know if you know that, but you are now part of the first New Era Nerds podcast YouTube video. Um, So like, subscribe, share, uh, turn on notifications. Also hit our social medias up, uh, Twitter and Instagram, New Era Nerds Pod, and uh, TikTok, which is new underscore era underscore nerds, where Tommy likes to go and post his spiciest content. He's got a lot of really cool videos up, um, you know, kind of engaging with the audience, asking what they want to see, what they want to hear. So if there's anything you heard today that you didn't think that you didn't think we touched on enough or not at all, uh, go ahead and hit us on any of those Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that. Hit us up. We'd love to see you. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and we'd love for you to give us more stuff to talk about because that's how we do this thing so uh without further ado i am going to go ahead and close this out see you guys later tommy love you buddy love you too